Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Jamie, and today we have a very special guest, State Representative Stephanie House from Cleveland. Woohoo! Thanks hey, for joining us. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever people are checking in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming. Um, you are, uh, first off, our first guest uh, representative. So hey, we're, is, yes, the first, the first, the first. Yeah, it's a nice <laughs> point of pride for us. Uh-huh. Um, but you are, uh, you're representing the 11th house district. Yes, which that is correct. Is It's like, uh, I always say the east, south side of Cleveland. Um, I have like 10 different communities do the little wrap up. St. Clair Superior, um, Fairfax, Buckeye Shaker, Buckeye Woodland, Central, Slavic Village, Union Miles, uh, New Park Heights and Garfield Heights. Okay. Yes. So, so for somebody like me who's not from Cleveland, mm-hmm. it's like between downtown and Shaker Heights. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And okay. preterms in your district, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, uh, what do you like best about your district? Well, I, what I love is always, you got to always start with the people. People make or break communities. And the people of the 11th House District are um, hardworking men, women, children, seniors um, who are dedicated to doing what's necessary to have the community that we all deserve. Okay. Um, you've got two degrees in environmental engineering. You studied in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then you came back and you ran. Why Why did you do this? That is funny. I always tell people really quickly, it was never my intention to come back to Ohio. <laughs> I went, I would tell people when I graduated from high school, I was like, I'm getting out of Ohio. I didn't want a place that touched Ohio. <laughs> so I ended up in Florida. So, um, but then I came back just because of life and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. My fam- my dad actually lived in a nursing home and he was divorced, you know, just to, mm-hmm. to be there and be a fair, a supportive daughter, um, and then again, I guess was reintroduced to Cleveland in a different light, and just fell in love. And Cleveland has been so good to me. And I've always had a thought and in my mind that I was going to serve in public office. Never in the state legislature. I had my eyes kind of set on Cleveland City Council, being a local legislator. Things did not necessarily work out in my favor. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Cleveland but, local politics. <laughs> that'd be a whole other topic for a podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, and, and, you know, and it was like at that moment where I was like, okay, I help people. You know, I'm here now. But in 2013, I ran unsuccessfully for Cleveland City Council. I didn't even get out the primary. So to see, you know, myself today and literally it was... Uh, eight months late. Well, I guess it was four. Four. It was like nine months later to then when uh, you know mm-hmm. the the Democratic Party for to become a state legislator is just an, a really amazing turnaround of events. <laughs> um, right. And I, I had a lot of just um, very supportive family and friends who believed in me when I thought kind of all was all lost mm-hmm. and doomed. And so that's really why. And then of course you know God. You know God has a way of just making things work in his time, not necessarily our time. And so 
here I am. <laughs> okay. And you came in with a really amazing crew, too. I mean, yeah. you and... My our, people. Yeah, <laughs> Rep Sykes and... Rep um, Boyd, Boyd. And it was Rep Coons. That's our mm-hmm. girl. You know, our, we have yeah. our little diva caucus. <laughs> you know. Um, and then we had a, a whole other group of mm-hmm. legislators who are amazing. And, and I, it really is nice to be in a place where you have colleagues that are focused and can, but also be open-minded to, mm-hmm. to pivot when necessary, all for the purpose of, of serving people in a way um, to that will acknowledge their existence yeah. and really do the things that are necessary um, to put people in a position where they f- would like to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've, uh, you've sponsored, uh, legislation to protect women and, uh, patients and staff outside of abortion clinics. Mm -hmm. Um, the bill was just reintroduced. So this is the second time around. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's now house bill two, three, four. Uh, which I love because it's easy to remember. Um, <laughs> right, and they change all the time. So if you right. ask me bill numbers, I was like, no, what General Assembly, what are you talking yeah, uh-huh. about? Because, I mean, it changes, and so you'll be committed to one thing, and it will change mm-hmm. on you in a minute. Yes. So. House Bill 234, uh, which you're uh, – it's not co-sponsor. because Joint sponsor. Yeah, main joint. sponsor. <laughs> Thank you. Joint sponsor mm-hmm. uh, with Michelle Lepore-Hagan mm-hmm. of Youngstown. Yes. Uh, why this bill? <laughs> Well, when you think about it, you know, um, of I, I'm the type of le- legislator who looks at just kind of practical things. And so, you know, in having conversations uh, for people, um, uh, different advocates, as well as just observing myself, you know, you, you see um, some of the intimidating behavior that happens, um, um, as Jamie indicated, preterm is there uh, in my district. And so, you know, I have visited and I have seen, you know, some of the just the actions that, that take place. And so it put me in a mindset of, well, what can we do mm-hmm. about this? Right. And then, you know, we're in just this time where people are taken upon themselves to take matters in their own hands. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there have been deadly consequences as a result right. um, of this behavior. And so really thinking of how can you still protect people's rights to voice their concerns um, in addition to protecting the individuals who are exercising their own, you know, just their own right to make the health decisions that are appropriate for themselves and their families and doing it in a safe environment with the the the, the protections and as much comfort as possible um, you know from the from the government mm-hmm. right yeah and I think that so much of that is so important because we you know we don't necessarily see every day it becomes this political conversation in the state house or whatever and we don't see the impact of these things every day at outside of the clinic. So this is very much the practical really does impact those individuals trying to seek health care. Yeah. Uh, you met with our patients to advocates group up in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Um, uh, regular podcast listeners have heard us talk about them before. Um, you know, women who have had abortions in the past and are now learning how to sort of talk about them publicly mm-hmm. Um, what did you gain from from meeting with them or 
So when my interactions with the patients, the advocates, it's kind of, it's like me and community members mm-hmm. now. I mean, you, yeah. you, they've, they've gone through this experience and this training um, to bring a voice to um, a topic that can be very uncomfortable for some people when we talk about abortion, but it has been very refreshing just to talk and interact uh, with these women who have a comfort and a grace uh, to just talk about their own experience and the willingness to share. I think that's one of the the, the, the power in their voice is their willingness to share their own experiences to help others who may not have or live that life or have that experience um, gain a sense of empathy, but which is a lot of times is so missing in our communities because people aren't willing to share, right? We are mm-hmm. so boxed in, fences up, walls up yeah. <laughs> that right. that we don't we don't create spaces and environments to openly and honestly share real life experiences where people have to make real life decisions. And the patients, the advocates have been able, in my opinion, to really bring that to light, right? To have this openness and and creating literally, I will say the figuratively speaking, the table for Mm -hmm. people to have you know, kind of difficult conversations, right. but doing it in a way that is respectful um, and, and can pique people's interest, whether they agree or disagree with their choice, they at least have a basis mm-hmm. to understand. And I think that that has been my experience and the power and, and meeting with the women who have served and went through the program, patients mm-hmm. to advocates. Yeah. I think it goes to one of the other things we've talked about a lot is, you know, when you came in as a freshman and mm-hmm. were um, put on or chose to be on the Community and Family Advancement no Committee. No one knew. It was not a choice. <laughs> now, this time you can get me because I did choose to be on this committee this time around. But So, you know, and it, it sounds like a really great committee. We mm-hmm. should be supporting our families and our communities to do better in the state of Ohio because mm-hmm. so many of them are struggling. And I know we've talked about this in the past and how what, what could be done to help our communities. But the shock of all of us when that committee t- turned out to be the how do we kick poor people off welfare and how do we stop people from getting abortions committee. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of like to, you know, hear your thoughts on, you know, that committee and kind of your work in general on, you know, what you're trying to focus on rather than what the other side seems to keep pushing us back on. And, and Yeah, with um, the, the community and family advancement, we have done kind of a bit of a pivot yeah. from last General Assembly uh-huh. to, to this General Assembly where the last GA was focused on all this health stuff, mm-hmm. abortion mainly being the number one topic or focus of choice. Now, this General Assembly has been focused kind of on, I would say, people who are using systems, mm-hmm. right? So people that are on different um, social net supports. And uh, that has, you know, you always wonder, thing, like, what's the what's the aim? Mm-hmm. So that's been the focus of this time, <laughs> this, this GA. And so, again, it is providing, which I would say, an opportunity to have real conversations mm-hmm. and have my colleagues think a little bit differently of the things that they are proposing and how, in reality, we want to get things done. And more importantly, the work that's necessary to get people in a position where this is not even an option, mm-hmm. right? See, that's we spend so much time on after the fact. What are we doing to be preventative, right? What are we doing to put 
families in a position economically and socially and emotionally Mm -hmm. so that they can are better prepared to take care of their families. Um, And so that's kind of been my focus to try to redirect conversations like, why don't you think about this? You want to kick people off of, you know, getting food stamps or SNAP benefits um, because of all this fraud, with air quotes for people who can't see me, (laughs) air quotes, all of this fraud versus having the conversation of how do people find themselves there? Like, do you understand, you know, and I always ask my colleagues about, have you signed up for SNAP benefits? Do you even know what it's mm-hmm. like? Who wants to sign up for this? It's like $100 a month. Like, like <laughs> no one, this is not right. people's life goals. Mm-hmm. This is not a life goal to, to be on, get food, food benefits. And so having the conversations of what can we do to prevent people being there? And when they are there, how can we do it in a way that stills acknowledge the person's Indignity, yeah. not trying to be demeaning and demoralizing individuals who may fall short and come up a little bit of short in life, but mm-hmm. still need help. Yeah. So, going from that point to a bill that you sponsored last time around, the Ohio Equal Pay Act. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that that would have uh, improved your district? It would improve everyone. See, the, see, and that's one of the things when you talk about poverty, wage inequity, mm-hmm. they don't have any lines. They, they are not, you know, I, I really look at legislation that can help people. Mm-hmm. Um, I always bring up to people, I represent and serve the poorest district in the state. So out of all 99, I serve the poorest district. Um, you know, 40.1% of the people that I serve are living in poverty. And that's not a good look, you know. And so when you think about systematically how do you change that, um, we did reintroduce it this year, um, the Equal Pay Act. It is a focus on trying to change the system, right? So trying to, when you have an understanding, there is a difference in our work environment, workplaces of economically what is happening between men and women. And then there are further um, disparities when you look culture, race, ethnicity, there are significant differences. And at the end of the day, like this isn't just for this moment, that woman, this is family issues. This is our Ohio's economy, Cleveland's economy. And then when you look at people, when they make the transition into to, to, um, their golden years, like what does that look like Mm -hmm. with someone over a generation, over their lifetime of working, getting less, you know, there are so many women, they live continuously in poverty, um, when, when, when they're in their golden years and it's, it's just, it's not right. And we should put ourselves in a better position to hold people responsible and accountable. Um, because if, when we don't, and if we don't, we end up paying anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously so much of what the legislature does in terms of passing, uh, you know, big pieces of legislation is all done in the budget. Mm -hmm. So many things have been just converted from independent ideas into budget amendments. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, abortion restrictions specifically, but many other ideas in general. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on this year's budget? Um, having been, you know, uh, through a cycle once already, um, this budget is awful. <laughs> I mean, it, there's no, 
nice way to put it. Right. Um, this is one of the things of how, you know, you know, we were kind of set up for this when the governor announced, oh, we're on the verge mm-hmm. of a recession. And, and people need to, like, when people talk, we need to really listen. What are you really saying, right? You set this up, but be mindful how Ohio is operating is directly a result of the policies that have been enacted by this majority-led, majority-run Republican legislature. They're in the executive office. They're everywhere, right? These are their policies that have really put people in a worse position than they have been. Like, there is no question about it. People are getting poorer. When you look around, people are working harder for less. When you look at uh, many of the uh, disinvestment disinvestments that have been happening in our cities. It's directly it correlates to what has been happening to the policies that we have been enacting at the state levels. It is this budget is no different. They have said exactly what they were going to do, and we all are living it. And I would hope that people can be a little bit enlightened. People are angry, but turn that anger into action to actually vote. Like voting is one. It's not the only thing, but it is a part of mm-hmm. the process to getting better representation for all of Ohioans and getting the policies that will start to break this systematic, I would say oppression, systematic um, attack on women and families, this systematic disinvestment and just regular folks. Mm-hmm. You know, this budget, it just is a continuing... It's just continuing the thought process of cutting investments, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. into into our cities, into people, and letting this trickle down economy work for everybody. That, I mean, that's yeah. what we're operating operating under, and that does not work. It hasn't worked. But versus saying that, you know what, we are wrong. Mm-hmm. This is not the best thing for us. We're gonna move in a different direction. We're gonna commit to this even though we're going to fall off to just drive into the ocean or in our case, the lake. (laughs) Yeah. I find it really interesting. You know, most of the time when you've got a governor who's been governor for as long as Kasich has, you get this, you know, Oh, everything's great. Everything's, you know, we're not in a recession. We're not. And and when he gave that speech to the legislature and he's like, Oh, we're going into a recession. I'm like, this is your state. Like you You caused this. Like, but you, but you look at, those who uh, do their research and practice in economics, they will tell you we are not in a recession. Yeah, exactly. It, the feeling of a recession is based on the economic policies of our governor and the legislature who are of the Republican Party, who are in control. They have put us in this position. Mm-hmm. They have done it. Yeah. They own this, right? And we should not let them forget it. Mm-hmm. They own this. Yeah. And it's just being used as another, you know, tool to cut even more from cities right. and exactly. local governments and everything else. A- absolutely. Right. You know, and then when we here at NARAL, we look at everything through a lens of reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're just destroying economic opportunity for women, you are making it that much harder for them to be able to raise a family on their own, you know, time frame on a budget that they would like. You're you're making a, a, a you know not you you. <laughs> I'm a part of that. Yes, case, the case yeah. <laughs> the uh, you know the the powers that be down the street are 
causing people to, you know, have a, a different path through life than, than what they would like. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's going to lead to amongst, you know, uh, in addition to many other things, uh, impact the reproductive choices that they make. Absolutely. Again, it's like anything else you put, you know, it's like, oh, my life goal is to have an abortion. That sounds crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? People don't do that. That is not how the world operates. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way life happens in situations and circumstances that put people in this position to have to make a choice that they probably might not have made if, like I said, we have, you know, um, full sexual health education in Uh our system. If sex wasn't such a taboo in certain, in Mm -hmm. all our community, in society, right? Right. You know, I mean, you know, or you have the conversations of people understanding um, health-wise what Mm -hmm. and how you should operate and how you should interact, you know, how do you connect with people? Like, these are things that, again, that should be very second nature, Mm -hmm. This is how we operate. It's healthy. Right. And, and you know, to to deny it does not mean it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been like, if, if I just say no enough, then it's just going to yeah. go away. Uh-huh. It's not. Right. It's not. So how can we do it in a way that is very mindful that we are dealing with people? Mm-hmm. We're dealing with people. And I think many times we forget about that. It just looks good on paper, so let's Mm -hmm. do it. Or because I believe in, and that's my experience, that's what we should do. Mm -hmm. Realizing Ohio is 11 plus a million people, and we should (laughs) act like it and think that we are aren't going to agree. But what can we do together that most people could, you know, they can live with? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Couldn't say any better than that. (laughs) You got any more? We can... (laughs) <laughs> we got a little bit more time. You want to you want to go to your favorite topic? Yeah, we can just do whatever. Um, well, well, my my favorite topic uh, on my list uh, <laughs> was actually about the Cleveland's makerspace. Okay, uh, you get to work with Adam Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he has a podcast, mm-hmm. and his show was was the inspiration behind oh, us doing this. Yeah, so awesome. what was that like? And and what? Tell me a little bit about the Cleveland's makerspace. Yeah. Okay. So like uh, this makers movement. So I am an engineer by training. So I am very a huge proponent around um, STEM education, science, technology, engineering, math. Uh, the biggest thing for me is just I, 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 the, the the thought process mm-hmm. when you go through the training. It helps you think differently. And I realize mm-hmm. that being in the legislature, I don't think like a lot of my colleagues. And I think it, it helps. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't think like a lot of my my colleagues, but I, I think it's helpful in in wherever you find yourself having that type of upbringing and training will help you to be more problem oriented you know problem being a problem solver right not just questioning and you do question things but you really are trying to work to solve the problem right, right? not just keeping the problem go on <laughs> but um and so this this makers movement is this whole idea of bringing this thought process to people in their everyday lives, right? So that you can start having this exploration, this creative juices, this questioning uh, happen in in very um, 
natural, organic ways and just see what comes out of it. And so um, when Adam Savage, you know, he came to Cleveland um, as a part of, you have like Cleveland ties and you have the, oh, what's it? Oh, she's going to kill me. She, she's the chief information officer, so I should know this. <laughs> Sonia Pryor Jones. Okay, I got to give her, give her a shout out. She's awesome. Um, <clears throat> but the whole idea was, again, you know, you, you want to kind of use the celebrity of people to, sure. to, highlight this awareness of things that are going on right in our backyard. You know, the Cleveland Public Library or Cuyahoga mm -hmm. County Public Libraries are huge places where people can go. But again, a lot of people don't even know we have these resources at our disposal and that can really help you, again, uh, maybe come up and design something financially, you know, new entrepreneurs, right. new yeah. spaces, you know, that can help put people in a better position. Um, and it's, again, it was, it was, it's a movement literally to try to bring awareness um, to our community to let folks know these opportunities available for you. You have ThinkBox where that is open to the public. You have an idea beyond just having an idea. You have a places where you can tinker and develop some things and then you actually maybe have access to the legal minds to help you or the business people of right. how you get your ducks in order to take it from idea concept to actually having a prototype to then be able to maybe go on and do some other great things. But we have all these things that are at our fingertips but many times if no one knows about it, you cannot take full advantage of it. And and um, Adam's coming to Cleveland, Adam Savage coming to Cleveland just helped us sure. highlight that, mm -hmm. um, which was really awesome. Sounds yeah. like a great program. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. Uh, last one I got for you here. We'll we'll kind of build off developing young people. Uh, you started a program called Footprints. Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So that is a girls' leadership development um, organization. We operated. Um, uh, inside of Thurgood Marshall Recreation Center. I did it for 12 years. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, that's just wow. crazy. That's to think, that's awesome. Yes, that it was uh, in uh, 2002, um, literally to 2014, 2015, um, when I joined the, the legislature. It's kind of on a hiatus, but I, they're actually a group of young women who hopefully will be um, reigniting it this um, upcoming fall. But the whole purpose was to introduce ideas and concepts or girls in my neighborhood. I grew up in Huff. Uh, my heart is there. I love it to death. It made me the woman that I am today. Uh, but when I was growing up, I had so many positive adults beyond my mom and my dad who freely just gave to me. And I wanted to, Footprints was a way to try to recreate that because um, you don't have to be connected by blood to, to be a mm -hmm. role model. And I consider myself a role model and trying to create these spaces so that young girls could just, I always call it the fruit of life, right? Many of us are stuck in environments where all we know may know is apples and oranges, right? Mm -hmm. And if you, all you know is apples and oranges, I always tell people, what are you going to produce? <laughs> apples and oranges, right? right? And now with, with footprints, we, we tried to be like the fruit basket. We want you to know about the mm -hmm. pineapples, papayas, strawberries, cherries, because life is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. sure. So then you're going to have something in your toolbox where you're going to be like, it's beyond apples and oranges. Mm -hmm. I remember that experience. It's pineapple. It's pie. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, it's all these different things because it's so easy and caught up when you are stuck in generational poverty. Um, when you are in environments where, you know, it's, it's hard to see behind, you mm -hmm. know, what it's hard to see 
beyond what you actually see. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's a really tall order for our young people. And I always encourage adults, like many of us would not make it if we had to switch places and we were mm-hmm. growing up in today's communities, today's neighborhoods. And so it was for me, just trying to give something, you know, I wasn't necessarily, we didn't have like the smartest girls. I'm talking about just regular girls, mm-hmm. you know, girls that got C's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, girls that might, you know, get pregnant, you know, whatever the case, mm-hmm. whatever that life issue is, we have to create positive spaces for our young people to let them know they are caring adults who are here for you that want to see you succeed and beyond just wanting you to succeed, we're going to help and walk with you during life, your life journey so that you can hopefully be in a better position than what you may be growing up with or without. That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, we had That's a good awesome. time. We had a good okay. time. Um, so, uh, Representative Stephanie House, you'll be at Pride in the CLE this weekend? I will, I will, I will. Well, unfortunately, I will not be at the parade, but the event it will be happening um, there on Public Square uh, until 6 p.m., like 12 to 6 p.m., mm-hmm. so I'll probably be there later on in the afternoon, and there are just a lot of awesome things just happening. Cleveland is a wonderful time, so when people say there's nothing <laughs> going on, I always tell people, you know, you got wait over Wednesday. I just participated this past weekend. It was on the East Bank of the Flags. It was called like a taste of summer it was so amazing I mean literally it was just people (laughs) I mean it was families like you know everybody Mm -hmm. from all different cultures just out having a good time and I just would encourage people take this summer to go outside get some vitamin (laughs) D (laughs) but beyond that really take an opportunity to connect with some people that you might not do in your everyday life um and start to work and building. You know, you can't work and build with people you don't know. So take the opportunity to get to know some people. Get out, experience your city beyond mm-hmm. Cleveland too. <laughs> Go cast one time, one time, one time, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and just you know, like and take it all in. So that then when it's time for us to do some real work, and you know, when neighbor all is is the picking up the phone to call, people will mm-hmm. answer and be ready, charged up and motivated to, to do the work, to to fight and resist. Hashtag. Yes. <laughs> you mentioned awesome. the Cavs. What's your prediction on the NBA Finals? Oh, my goodness. Cavs and six. Cavs okay. and six. Got we'll it. We'll take her on it. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for coming. Thank you so um, much for having me. This yes. was really fun. We'll have to do it again for sure. Absolutely. I'll be back. I'll be back. Great. <laughs> well, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.